And now, deep thoughts. You are listening to the Deep Thoughts Podcast, where we explore one aspect of the Christian faith a little more deeply. I'm your host, Matt Schantz, and season four is officially underway. We've got a fantastic season lined up that is just brimming with depth. We'll be talking about liturgy, wisdom, the arts, politics, whether or not progressive Christianity preaches another gospel entirely. But... In this episode, Season 4, kick it off with a conversation with Norm Funk on church planting and replanting. In these parts, he's known as the godfather of church planting. He's the church plant whisperer. So not only did he plant Westside Church in downtown Vancouver that went on to plant five churches out of itself as well, but he's about to replant the recently closed Culloden Church as Midtown Church this coming January. Now, replanting churches is hard. Replanting in a pandemic is next level. And we get into all of that and more. So without further ado, Thanks for joining me. Let's get started. Hey, Norm. Thanks for coming on the podcast. It is uh, my pleasure. It's great to be with you. Really good to be with you. For those listeners who don't know Norm Funk, I'm sure there are very few. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't think so. Don't uh, (laughs) think I mean, when I drove in here, everybody's waving at me, you know, hey, there's Norm. So, yeah, yeah I yeah. know everybody in Chilliwack and Abbotsford knows me. Yeah, totally, absolutely. yeah. <laughs> For those who might not, like, give me just a little bit, a little Coles Notes version of the sure. Norm Funk story. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a born and raised Vancouverite. I'm 54, so I'm uh, I'm an old dude now. And uh, but yeah, born and raised in Vancouver. You know, uh, great family. My dad's still alive. My mom passed a few years ago. A few years ago, and uh, raised in a great godly family. Went to Killarney Park Mennonite Brethren Church as a kid. Baptized there at 17. Really. Uh, grew up in a great home, but embarrassed of 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 the Christian faith, my parents' faith. Um, you know, just a typical teenager. Sadly, um, you know, went to church on Sundays and Wednesdays, but lived an entirely different life the rest of the time. And I was truly ashamed of the gospel. Um, you know, uh, living you know entirely different lives and. Um, and uh, it wasn't until I was 17, went away to get away from my parents. Things weren't going well with my parents at 17. Went to a Christian camp that I had attended, of all things, uh, growing up every summer, just to get away from them. Um, and uh, it was during a training week at, at that camp that 
the Lord really got a hold of my life in a training week. I mean, I went to serve at a Christian camp, and I, I've shared this story. I, I showed up hungover um, on the first day. I mean, that was sort of where my life was. I just wanted to get away. I thought this might be fun. And then it was that week where the Lord really got a hold of my life. I, rem- I remember walking up to a, a riflery range, which they had back then. They don't have them anymore. And, <laughs> and um, it was just me and the Lord. I said, I'm either in or I'm out. And I mean that honestly. This isn't hyperbole. I, I'm either going to leave the camp or I'm going to follow Jesus. And and uh, and I made a decision to follow Jesus. Fell in love with ministry. Thought I would um, go into camp ministry. My first mentor was the camp director, and really worked towards that. Served at the camp for eight straight summers. Trained towards that end. Did an internship. Um, after graduating from university, I went to school down at, in Seattle at Seattle Pacific University. Did an internship and discovered I don't really like camp because camp is in the summer and then they don't do a lot during the year. And I really love ministry. I, I fell in love with it. And I uh, met my now wife, Nicole, that last summer. She was going to school at UBC. My parents lived near the school and so I moved back with them. And, uh, and th- long story short... Um, started volunteering running a youth ministry at my brother's church i was approached by a church in in coquitlam um you know got hired worked there for a couple of years as a youth guy um got married moved from there that's a whole story unto itself and then willingdon church um approached me for a high school ministry job in in 1995 and i ended up working there for just short of 10 years that's where my internship for church life and pastoral life um, really was fostered. Carlin Weinhauer was the lead guy for the most of that time. He became my second mentor. And the Lord called me, started working in my heart, my gut, started a big wrestle. I didn't know what was going on you know, during my last couple of years at Willingdon. And um, that culminated with the Lord calling me to plant a church in Vancouver. And so I planted a church called Westside in 2005 and was there for 14 years. And the Lord called me away from that, my wife and I away from that last year. So in 2019, which began, uh, I had no idea what I was doing. And that culminated this, you know, this year early um, with a call from Culloden Church in, in Vancouver with their belief that they needed to shut down and be replanted in what I consider giving leadership to a new thing. And so, and so that's, that's a Coles Notes version of, of my story. And that's, yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, that's 35 years really fast, maybe more 38 years now. So nice. nice. Yeah. So we, uh, we're going to talk about planting and yeah. replanting. Um, and so <laughs> you are the guy because you have planted oh, and you I, are going to replant. So I am I, the guy. I picked the right guy. And so um, yeah. maybe a little more. I mean, yeah. you you mentioned West Side maybe, and yeah. we breeze through there, but yeah. why did you plant West Side? And then maybe the broader question oh, you man. can get into a little bit too is, is why plant new churches? Yeah. Why did I plant West Side? Man, boy, I, I never thought in my life I would plant a planted church. So in 2000, let's call it maybe three. So I was at, at, at Willingdon. I really, as I mentioned earlier, I was feeling a wrestle, like my time was coming to an end, but I didn't know what, the, I never thought about planting a church. And um, 
I was reading some of the guys that were really popular at that time, the big E emergent village guys, you know, that we all know, the the McLarens and the Pagets. And I I was really intrigued by a generation they were reaching, but I didn't land where they landed theologically. And I was but I was really perplexed because I I had a desire to to reach people that they were reaching, and yet, man, I am like you know, I am on a different page and where they landed in terms of their view of the scriptures and the gospel and how to do church. And, but I was really, it was a hard couple of years. I just, I, I wasn't, I, I just wasn't settled. And, um, in 2004, I, I was doing college ministry at that time at, at Willingdon. And, um, I, like I mentioned, I, I had gone to school at, at Seattle Pacific, and I, I took my leadership team down to Seattle, and I said, we're going to stay at the dorms at Seattle Pacific. I had an inn there and said, we just needed to, you know, have a place where we could chill. Got up on Sunday, and I said, you know, we got to go to church somewhere. And so, I had heard about Mars Hill at that time, knew nothing about it. You know, Driscoll at that time was just a name. They were pretty early on in terms of their sort of impact. So let's, you know, let's go to Mars Hill. We'll check things out. And and so we walked in there. I sat down, group of about 10 of us, um, probably I can still picture it, row 12, you know, sort of thing in their, in their facility in Ballard, you know, and Driscoll gets up and, you know, he's like, I always sort of compare him to Ty Domi. He looked like Ty Domi to me, just this kind of pugilist sort of scrapper dude wearing jeans and, you know, looking tough. He gets up and um, he starts preaching 1 John 4, preached for about 65 minutes, place is packed, and I am, I am sort of transfixed. Like, he's just preaching the Bible, and he says, partway through his message at some point, to a room that's packed, probably, you know, 12, 1,300 people, full of people in their 20s, tats, beards, you know, this the whole deal. And he says, most of you have come to Jesus since we've planted this church. And I was just, like, even today when I, I, I think back to that, go, like, it makes me emotional, it, because I thought, Okay, here's a guy preaching the Bible. Here's this room. He he's not ashamed. He's he's and look, I know everybody's got an impression of I'm not talking about, you know, the last 10 15. I'm just talking about a moment in time where a guy is preaching 1 John 4 for an hour mm-hmm. and a room of of people have come to Jesus and he talks about planting and it was at that moment that the Lord said you're planting a church. And I mean I, I don't throw that out a lot. I'm not that guy, but it was crystal clear. And I remember, I remember, um, I sent the team back on their own. I said, you got to go back. And I didn't tell them what was going on in my heart. And I drove back to Vancouver. I remember stopping in Mount Vernon, having it out with the Lord on the side of the road. And just going, is this what you're, is this what this last two years have been? Are you calling me to leave Willingdon and plant? And um, and it was it was clear that I was to go. I'm a born and raised Vancouverite. I mean, I was living, I was working at Burnaby. I was living in Surrey in a townhome that my wife and I, I had a, a one year old and a three year old at the time, not even three. And I felt called to plant a church in Vancouver, and so I went home. And I said, "Sweetie, this is what's gone on." And she said, "I didn't tell her about planting." And she said, "It sounds like you're talking about planting a church, man." <laughs> and uh, I said. Yeah, 
I think I, I think the Lord is calling us to plant a church. And she said, where? And I said, Kitsilano. And she said, Phew, gets me choked again when I think about it. She said, it wouldn't make sense to do it, do it anywhere else. Wow. And um, I resigned that week. They asked, willing and asked me, so this is early, early September, end of August, early September. Um, I, I, I told Ron Van Acker, your dude, man. Uh, he was the admin guy. I shared with him first. So he's the wow. first guy at Willing and I I talked to. And, Everybody uh, always talks to Ron first. <laughs> and so he said, you got to talk to John Newfeld, who was a lead guy at that time. And, um, and so they asked me to stay on for the rest of the college year. So get through April. We put our house, I said, I agreed to that. I hadn't gone through any kind of assessment. Assessment actually wasn't for about four or five months later. And um, uh, we put our house on the market, sold our, our townhome on the market, went through assessment, left left Willingdon, moved back into the city, um, and began the process. Now, and I'm taking a lot of time, I know, in talking about why, why church planting? Um I would say I would be lying to you if I said at that stage I knew exactly why church planting. I I can say personally in 2004 and 5 um part of the wrestle for me um and the whole process was um there just seemed to be a desperate need for bible teaching gospel proclaiming Jesus-loving churches in the city. Not to say there weren't. There were great churches. There seemed to be room for more. And uh, But, man, I'm going to tell you, when I said I was going back into the city to plant a church, um, the biggest resistance I had at that time came from people in the church. And it was, you're an idiot. Funk. Why are you going back into Vancouver? People don't move to Vancouver to go to church. You, you'll die in the ch- People don't attend. Um, you're going to spend all your week preparing and no one's going to show up. And my theology was, no, Jesus has people in the city. They just don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. They are his. Somebody just needs to teach the Bible and tell people about Jesus. And that was my whole mission strategy. I got to find a room. We found a movie theater. I'm going to open up the Bible. I'm going to tell people about Jesus. And if I fail, I'll move back to the burbs and I'll become a youth pastor again. And I mean that with all my heart. I mean, that was my mentality. At least I've tried, right? I feel like if I don't do this, I'm disobeying the Lord. So I'm going to try. It doesn't work out. All right, I'll move back to Burnaby or Surrey or wherever, and I'll get a gig somewhere. And and at least I gave it a go. And uh, But over time, Matt, my conviction about planting churches is, is so big. It's so deep into my morrow. It is. It's. It's planting church. I, my my life personally and ministry life is is I exist. I exist. We exist to make Jesus known. I want to make Jesus known evangelistically. I want to make Jesus known, like Paul says in in Philippians three. I want to know Christ and grow in grow in my knowledge of Him, becoming like Him. And so those are my two. I want to tell people about Jesus. I want people to grow in Jesus. So let's get to know Jesus. And the greatest way we can do that in long term is through the planting of churches. And so that's my life. 
That's that's the air I breathe. That's I've, I don't have a greater passion. And um, and you know, 400 churches in Canada shut down every year. We're planting about 100. Some churches certainly need to shut down, but um, there are half as many churches today as there were 100 years ago based on demographics and, and per capita numbers. And so we need more churches. Uh, anybody says we have too many churches, um, they don't respectfully, they just haven't looked at the data. Um, is the church suffering in North America? Yes. Um, worldwide, no. The church has never been stronger in our 2,000 years of New Testament church history than it is now. It's just not strong here in North America and the West, including Europe. Um, and this isn't the epicenter. So when people say the church is struggling, yes, here in North America, it's, 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 it's fantastic in South America. It's fantastic in Africa and in India, China. Um, but we need we need guys here. We need men and women here that are passionate about planting more. And so, that's so that's my story, brother. You know, and that's probably, I'm looking at your tech dude over here going, would you shut up, man? We're almost out of time. So, <laughs> well, I had eight more questions, yeah, but we're out of time. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'm loving yeah. this. No, this is great. I mean, you, you probably know what uh, C. Peter Wagner wrote when he said, planting new churches is the, is the most effective evangelistic methodology known under heaven. Yeah. Uh, Timothy Keller doubled down and said, new churches best reach the unchurched. Yeah, Period. never heard of Keller. Period. Never heard of Keller. Who is he? This idea that like biblically, <laughs> sociologically, historically, church planting is yes. this movement that actually helps everybody. It's funny that you uh, and, and pushes the, the the commission forward. It's interesting you say that you got the most pushback from people again yeah, kind of in the established church. Brutal. It's through the church. It's through the church that the manifold wisdom of God is made known. Jesus died for the church. The church is to be the pillar and buttress of of truth. Paul, Peter, John write to churches. This is the epicenter. This is the church. I don't agree with the idea that the church is the hope of the world. Jesus is the hope of the world, yep. but Jesus works through the local church, and that's his strategy. There's no plan B, um, and uh, he works through I mean, you and I, uh, central community church, this is the church. And Jesus says, I'm going to reach here now, this area, through this group of people. Yeah. And and it's a wonderful thing. Like, I, we don't need to disparage um, the church at all. It is what... It, it is the it's the body of Christ, these local little entities that make up the global body, which makes up the historical body of Christ, these small C Catholic church. That's that's what he does. And and it it's not rocket science, man. I mean, it's just not rocket science. It's 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 plain and I I mean see Peter Wagner and Timothy Keller, I mean, you know rock stars in the evangelical world and and big heroes of of mine and uh, uh no that's not is that right they're i'm heroes of them they're not, they're not they're, i'm not their hero i'm not sure if that came Again, out right everybody knows yeah. norm Funk. but i i yeah. <laughs> i'm sure keller quotes me a lot in his sermons like i quote him um uh, but i couldn't agree more yeah, yeah i just i i i love i love it and yeah you know i think you know, going back to some of the comments, you, you know, again, I, I mentioned, you know, my theology is that um, that the Lord has people in mind 
You know, I think about, I, I don't know if it's Acts 15, 16, 17, you're going through the book of Acts. It's where Paul is in Ephesus. The Lord comes to his side, encourages him, and said, there are people in this city that are mine. Yes. And Paul says, I've stayed here. I'm, I, then he mentions Luke as he records this event, says Paul stayed there for a year and a half. And it's sort of that idea, the Lord, Lord of, like the Lord affirms, states, um, and says, there are people, Matt, there are people in Chilliwack that are mine, and you go, I'm going to stay here. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna Romans ten this. How are they How are they not gonna he, How are they gonna hear if, if someone isn't sent and preached, mm-hmm. preach uh, preaches to them? And that's my mindset. That gives me such confidence. So when I go into Vancouver, it's people like, well, people don't go to the city to go to church. Not yet, they don't. They just don't know it, right? <laughs> yeah. They don't know it, and so that's what gives me confidence. Is yeah, you know, when they hear the gospel, all of a sudden they're gonna figure out how thirsty they are they just don't know how thirsty they are right now yeah and there's so many little threads in in, in the story you're telling of your own experience that like man planting's risky it's Hmm. it going and planting a church in the city it's kind of dangerous it's not really a great like uh you know uh Hmm. job move if you're looking for security right. um, like there's risk to it there's risk to people you know an established church like Willingdon losing this uh, great young pastor to go plant somewhere <laughs> or whatever yeah. but, but but it's actually true that Ugh. that the whole church wins when we plant new churches like oh like like the established church wins because it actually stretches the established church it, 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 it calls some of us to actually go and be a part of the new thing um, and 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 God does a new work in these new churches. Oh, Everybody man. wins. Oh, abs- I couldn't ag- think about it as a family. Let's say you know you're you, you've got two boys, and you're raising them up, and you want them to walk with Jesus. And let's say one says, "Hey, Dad, Mom, I feel the Lord's calling me to go to pick the spot. I want to tell people about Jesus there and be involved in this mission." You're like, "Man, that's fantastic!" Like, what parent would go? What are you talking about? You an idiot? <laughs> Yet, that's hard. It's the same thing. Unfortunately, churches at times, at times, and I want to be very careful because there's so many great ministries and I want to encourage the ones who are a little bit nervous, but that's sort of the aspect is we're going to send this child out and, and they're going to birth a daughter church and people are going to go and 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 be a part of it and, and grow in faith. And what a wonderful thing. I mean, um, you know, it's it's as I've shared ad nauseum over the years. If we in our local churches are truly about discipleship, discipleship. If you look at the discipleship of Jesus, ends with go right. Mm-hmm. So his his time with his disciples after three three and a half years of forty day intensive training at the end after his after his resurrection, he he says, "Now go right, go." Any pastor, any any ministry that isn't willing to say to their go, you got to go now, and more than just please go and invite people back here, but no, some of you are called to go, um, isn't really, and I say this with all due, due respect, I just challenge you in terms of how committed are you to discipleship, mm-hmm. and but the beauty, I mean, again, it's, you know, I, there's an... Yes, there's a challenge to the local church. There is. I, I I planted Westside. Not just me. I say I, but I'm never alone in this. Westside has planted five churches. I'm now replanting a thing. Um, it, um, the beauty of all of those things is 
is yes, you you come to a place where you have to die to things, you have to send people out, you're losing things, you're losing money, you're losing people, you're losing gifts, you're losing your own numbers, whatever. Um, and there's death, but boy, unless the seed dies, we have to die to things, it won't bear fruit. Um, and so churches have to die to certain things. Churches have to sacrifice in their giving of their greatest resources in the same way that they step up on Sundays and go, you have to give sacrificially, right? The Lord is give. what do you have that you have not received? Yeah, pastor, elder, ministry leader, what do you have that you have not received? So why do you act like you haven't received it, that it's not God's gift of grace to you now, be about his kingdom. And when you do that, man, I want to tell you, God invades that. And I'm not saying he's going to bring a bunch of, I'm just saying your joy, yep. Yep. Your, 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 your experience, your just sense of the Lord's in this. Why would you not want that? So, yeah, it's scary. It's scary, and I get it. I mean, I, I've been on the other. Every time we planted something at Westside, you know, whether it's reality, you, your history at reality. That's where I first met Matt when he was about fourteen years old, and uh, <laughs> and uh, but other churches um, scared me to death, had fears, doubts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why are people leaving? Don't they like me? You know, how are we going to replace that drummer? Um, you know, the fear of all of those emotions that we have, new plants coming in the city that we had nothing, you know, no involvement in and going, oh man, everybody's going to go there. I'm going to, you know, people are going to think I suck. All of those emotions are very real emotions. Like they're very real. You stare at the ceiling at night, you wake up at three in the morning and go, is this going to work? Am I the worst? Is Am I making a mistake? You know, all of that. But that's that's our step of faith like yeah. pastors and leaders are called to walk by faith and obedience just like they call their people to that's a good word right yep. and we we if we expect to have moments in our life that aren't like what we talk about our people about then what are we doing man mm-hmm. and um and so, yeah, again, a 30-minute answer to your, to your question. <laughs> well, I That's do, all the time we got for today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> In part three of our yeah, conversation. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. I do draw the line at drummers, though. You don't give yeah. your drummers. Yeah, away. drummers no. are tough to find. <laughs> um, no, that's good. Uh, okay, hit this one quick. I think you can. Okay. I think um, you can. I will. I, I, I would promise. advocate for church planting, like planting churches everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we at Central have been able to plant in some rural communities. You're awesome. Very yeah. little or no other church in those communities. Yeah. But, but just, just tell our listeners, like, why is planting churches in big cities like Vancouver, like, why is that important, do you think, specifically? Well, uh, you know, yeah, why is it important to plant in big cities? I... Uh, e- I mean, for a lot, I mean, obviously, there's some very practical reasons, you know, obviously, you know, in terms of the, 
the amount of people that are living in 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 the city um, and living close by and the needs there are from block to block to block is 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 a, is a need I, th- I think the influence and the example setting that planting a church in the city that is faithful uh, to to the gospel and this and the and the scriptures and to the proclamation and the and the and the in the call to follow Jesus I think strengthens strengthens other communities I think that's certainly certainly an important aspect I also think there's just the example of of you know some people having a fear of doing ministry in a, a certain area and and doubting the, the you know just doubting their their belief in terms of the power of the gospel and and so you know it's that that courage example that I think can be set um, um, you know, for others as well. And uh, I also think, you know, the the Lord loves everyone. The Lord loves every community. Um, But there's something about the city um, that has a special place in in the story of God, um, and um, so I don't and and I don't I, I don't say that to say that any area is every area is important. We need to be planting churches everywhere. Churches being planted, it's hard to plant a church. I don't care where it is. It it just brings with a difficulty. And I think being a pastor is hard. You, I mean, Matt, you and I just spent some time being a pastor now in COVID and what you guys are dealing with. I mean, give me a break i mean just, it's hard to be a pastor and you get in the, the 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 crap beaten out of you because you choose to do this or not do this and people it's not a question about hey what's your theology it's a question about you know what's your question on you know mask wearing you know and if you don't have the right yeah. if you don't have the right you know take i'm going to leave your church which is just come on people um and so not that you said that about i'm just putting words in your mouth. That's not what you said. So I just think there's a lot of reasons. It's hard to plant churches, but man, you know, um, people normally don't move to the city to be involved in ministry. I think in a lot of ways they move to the city to for 20 different reasons. And I think there's so many lost souls being influenced, whether it's by way of House Street or the West End, it's just talking about Vancouver, um, by the noise now that is just so rampant in terms of where people are um, to the you know, the views on, you know, whether it's marriage, human sexuality, um, you know, all just all of the noise i there is a bastion of people that are hurting that are all hanging out with one another and all they're doing is speaking death in into each other just darkness and there's such hopelessness and if we truly believe they're created in the image of god you have to believe that when they go to bed at night most of them living by themselves there's such a loneliness right there's such a loneliness and a hurting and and so yes if you're called to do ministry in 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 the burbs or in the country praise god but boy if you've got half a million, 600, 700,000 people, if you got 100,000 people living on the downtown core, 70% living by themselves, mm. 70% living by themselves, what a, what a need. So, and so I'm, 
I'm thankful that the Lord is calling people to this city, but I don't want anybody listening to this going, is it more important? No, I, I don't think it's more important. I, I just think it's let's let's be courageous. Let's not be of those who shrink back. Let's 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 take the hill. Let's die falling forward if we're gonna die. Why not? Um, you know, and so I don't know if if that ultimately answers some of your thoughts i'd like to hear let me ask you i'm going to turn the tables on you why do you think i mean you're you're a, an example setter in this country and what you have led and and are doing here at central i mean you're an example this ministry is an example what you're doing you should write a book about it because it just doesn't happen so why do you think uh, I ask the questions here. No, that's, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Matt, that's tell me great. about your story. Where did you come <laughs> yeah, from? Yeah. Give me the close notes version. <laughs> Do we have 40 minutes for that? Do it my turn? No. <laughs> People turned this thing off about 20 minutes ago. Who's fooling who? That 30 seconds forward thing, man. That's uh, yeah, a scary button on the podcast. Hey, guys, shut up. Man. I don't like that question. Let me yeah. skip that one. Um, yeah. That's a, yeah, I... Like I, like I say, I advocate for planting everywhere. Yeah, you know, I think we need, we need new churches everywhere. So in one sense, say, this is really rough estimate, but say 20,000 people go to church in Chilliwack. Right. We're like 90,000 people. Well, right. that's, that's over 20%. Yeah. People go to church and you're like, wow, Chilliwack doesn't need another church. No? That 70,000 people then don't know Jesus yeah. or don't have a relationship with Jesus in the context of community. We actually still need more churches, especially if new churches seem to do a new thing and um, lead more people to see more people come to Christ. So, so, so Chilliwack needs even more churches. But I've heard numbers like, what, 2% of people in Vancouver go to church? Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to nail the numbers. Maybe two to five, but you know, and that's I've church like and then define that oh, and look at the churches and it's, well, I, it's I've wild. been re, I've been rebuked by people because I've used numbers like that and and so uh, so let's take Vancouver proper. So there's about just over six hundred thousand people who live in Vancouver proper. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking the Burbs, Richmond, North Vancouver. I'm just talking about Vancouver. Just about six. It's a pretty small group actually in comparison. Then you, you know, GBRD, two and a half million or what have you. I, I, I think I know probably every church in Vancouver and I can sort of do the math. So when I've been rebuked, you go, no, it's 20%, 25%. No, it ain't. You're wrong. Right. You, if, if I do, so, you know, the coastals and the first Baptists and the West sides and, and, you know, the, um, uh, 10th Avenue alliances, like I know those, but I know the small ones. I know the West Sides and the, you know, Point Grave, you know, um, uh, are the Dunbar Heights and the Point Grave, West Point Grave Fellowships and those and start just kind of, I've driven around and gone, let me, let me just kind of, you know, overestimate and go, no, it's probably from an from a standpoint of how many people in Vancouver, so let's just put it this, let's say there's 600,000 people. 10% of that is 60, 10% of that is 6, okay? So 6,000 is, is 1% of 600,000. If I start going around and going, okay, how many people? I think twelve to 18,000 people going to evangelical Christian churches in Vancouver, 2-3%. And, and I'm not asking a person who's called them and say, what's on your member's docket? I mean, darkening the doorway of an evangelical Christian church in Vancouver. If it's more than 18,000, I would be shocked. Yeah. 
I'd be shocked. And I, I want to be proven wrong, in fact. I do. But the biggest church in Vancouver right now, number-wise, you know, we're looking at their campuses, is either 10th Avenue Alliance or, or Coastal, I would think, in Vancouver. You know, and they got a couple of thousand, maybe 3,000. I don't know how they count it. But most of the churches are, you know, 100 people at, at at most and so when you start looking at it man it's so is there a need yeah again anybody says that we have enough churches we we got a lot of a build of buildings but as far as jesus loving gospel preaching bible teaching missional churches no we don't amen we don't yeah yeah so we've talked planting um, yeah and you planted west side yeah um Talk to me about replanting. Like <laughs> stupid, right? <laughs> no. It's, uh, what are hey, you doing, Norm? I like redemption stories, yeah. so that's cool. Um, but yeah. like, talk about replanting, and when are some circumstances where uh, it's not just you know an opportunity to start a new church, but to maybe replant an existing church or a church that uh, yeah needs I, to restart. I never in my wildest dreams that I think this is what the Lord had for me next, and um, never. And so, as I shared on the front end, you know, Cologne's leadership came to me back in January and said, this is what our desire is. And uh, I, what do I mean by replant? You can, you know, what what do I mean by that terminology? And I've done a lot of reading lately and listening. And the way I use the idea of replanting is I'm... I'm I'm planting, we're planting, the team, we're planting a new thing built upon the legacy of another ministry. Mm. And so, Midtown, the church that, by God's grace, we will launch here in the next few months, is is a new thing, but it's built upon the faithful 52 years of ministry of, of Culloden Church. Mm. And, and so, yeah, the hard story when you enter a, a replant sort of story is, yeah, there's a reason why a church reaches a point where they, you know, reach out. And that's hard, and it's it's humbling, and it's, you want to be very sensitive. But do you know, like, what I love about the replant story is, and, and why I think they work, is they're built upon the humility of the leadership of the ministry. So, the elders, I'll just talk the story of ours, with Cologne, the elders, Paul Wiki is the lead guy, in humility, like gracious humility, saying, this is where we're at. We think this is what the Lord has for us next. And I think, I, I think the Lord invades that humility. He, he, he promises to give grace to the humble. He opposes the proud. And I think why replant works are so effective. You know, we've been a part of a couple, um, and I think you have too, right, in replant yep. work, yep. is I think God doesn't bless me as the new guy. I'm riding the coattails of the humility of the great leadership, even though they're getting beat up by others internally going, oh man, we're the leaders who are going to do, do this. I think God says that's great leadership. Mm. Like, I think God says, you know what? I'm going to absolutely bless you, not the new guy. I'm going to bless you. This is going to be a great, your foundation of humility and grace and invitation is something I'm absolutely going to overwhelm with grace. And, and so... Unfortunately, churches that hang on, hang on, hang on, I think there's a 
sometimes can be a pride. Um, there can be a pride element. There can be um, a stubbornness. And, and, and instead, God is going, no, tell this story, because it's not about you. It's certainly not about the new guy coming in. It's me responding to this humility. And, and instead, like I've been a part of, um, you know, ministry in the city for a long time now. I've seen a lot of churches, um, in other denominations especially, but not only other ones, you know, that have shut down, closed down, sold their building, you know, sold it to a developer, and they put up condos. That's not the heart of Culloden, like their leadership is, yeah, we've reached this point, but we want to see another 52 years, right? Yeah, we want to yeah. see that, that look, the, this Culloden, the church is shut down, but the church hasn't shut down. The gospel hasn't shut down. We, we want this to go. And, and God goes, bang, I'm going to do this. I think that's why it's such a sweet story. We need, I'm for planting, but I'm more excited for even replanting work. Mm. But it, it, it demands humility. It it just demands that strength of conviction and a leadership to go. This is where we're at. And but here's the thing, Matt. Um, you know, we pray for flourishing for our churches. We God help us, help us, help us. You know. Um, and I think sometimes God's answer answer to that is yeah, I'm going to, and it's going to be by, by way of this. So, as you pray for your church to flourish, be ready for his answer to come in very unique ways and sometimes dying ways. Um, but not dying and no resurrection. Mm. Dying and resurrection, right? And so, that's why I love replanting. I just love it. Um, I, and I, I'm not alone. I know you care, you and your, your buddy Jeff Bucknam. You know, the stupid guy over at Northview doesn't know anything about anything. You know, the Brett Landry's and, you know, guys that have done it. Matt Glezos. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just really good, Jesus-loving guys going, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. And your generosity, it's just... And, you know, people get fired up about it. People get fired up. They want to be a part of it. Um, mm. I've seen that now just in, in putting together a core. People excited about being a part of stuff. I mean, it's just... I love it, man. I feel like I'm, you know, 25 years old doing it, knowing that I'm, knowing that I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so me and you had this little, uh, yeah. little Twitter exchange. And, we did? Uh, yeah. And Was I nice? You were super, I mean, I, I can't, I can't read it back. It would be too oh, explicit. No. No, no, no. No, you were like, well, if there was a podcast I was invited on, we oh, could talk yeah. about this. Uh, yeah. Um, well, so, so. Yeah, we're like you said, we're working through the Book of Acts at, at Central right now, yeah. and uh, see these apostles, and they need to name a twelfth apostle, and oh, yeah. Apostle Paul will come along, be the thirteenth apostle, yeah. um, and so there's that idea of there's those original capital A apostles we could call them, and then there's the the recognition that there's this small A apostolic gifting that, yeah. that still exists. Oh, I remember that tweet, and a lot yeah. of times it's usually associated with starting a new thing. Yeah, apostles can start new things. Um, so it's associated with church planters. I mean, I certainly see that in you, Norm, even as you talk about planting and replanting, and mm. I can see why God's positioning you to plant a church like that. You have that. Um, and you were saying, but there's so many more elements to it than starting new things. Yeah. Like, um, I'm just interested. Do you see that gifting be like being really attached to church planting? And then, and then how else is it fleshed out? 
Yeah, well, I don't see it only as a church planting, you know, the manifestation or the the leading to church planting. Certainly, the starting of new things, which I think in the in the kingdom of God is most often talked about as the planting of new churches. But I've seen, you know, I think of my my good friend, well, the Neppers, not just not, not just um, Harold Nepper, but uh, Connie Nepper that that started Hope of the Nations in Tanzania. So, mm. and there's an element of they raise up pastors there, but I think they have apostolic gifting. Um, I guess, you know, when I said, when I put that tweet out um, about, you know, the starting of new things is most often associated, I think I was thinking about it almost from a negative standpoint, meaning, meaning there are things I think I have, and I've 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 wrestled with it. My wife certainly, and I've had other people speaking to my life on it. I don't really. I've never thought of myself gifted in in that way. I I've always seen myself primarily just as a Bible teacher, I and mean, that's my greatest joy. Like I, busy starting new things is not my greatest joy teaching the Bible and just going, open up your Bible and let's walk through this text. That's my greatest joy. That mm. gives me the most life and, and energy. But I think from a, what are, what are the negatives is how I was feeling a little bit about, um, about that. Meaning I see so many limitations um, um, in my gift set that on the one hand, I can become very laser focused and um, determined, but I even see this now as I reflect back to my time at Westside. I think the Lord called me away from Westside because I was not gifted, not qualified to continue to lead it. Um, I don't, I think Matt Menzel is God's man for that ministry now. I think he's far more gifted to lead Westside at this stage than I was, than I am. Um, And I lack, I lack certain things when it comes. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a guy that I don't think I'm a typical church planter. Sort of do two years, do two years, do two years. I, I, I'm not that guy, but I'm also not a guy that I think has the ability to take a ministry that reaches a certain point and maybe like where Westside reached under my leadership, not Matt's, this is my leadership, just kind of leveling out and going, okay, now what? I think Matt has that ability far greater than me. And I, 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 I think that's why the Lord called me. Like my time was done. Um, and so, you know, to your question specifically, what are some of the, the roles? I like what Brett, Brett responded to that tweet, if I remember saying, you know, you got to be a spiritual father. Like you've, mm-hmm. um, and so is that exclusive to the apostolic gifting? I don't think so, but I think that needs to be a part of it. Um, I, I've seen church planters so different across the board that I don't think I can sort of sit there and go, this is, I mean, I've been, I've been through assessment centers. Like I've assessed people, you know, they, you know, all these assessment centers, oh, you got to have this gift, this gift, you got to, you know, have entrepreneurial giftings and go, well, I've seen some pretty nerdy non-entrepreneurial church planters that have done wonderful stuff. And then I've seen very entrepreneurial, you know, church planters that have, you know, died on the vine. Um, And so, I I think it's calling, I think it's, 
you know, you know, getting away from the question specifically. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm wrestling with it a little bit at this stage in my life, going back to it. Like, who am I? Like, what are my gift sets? What, what am I good at? What, what are the things that give me life? You know, where do I suck? And I think I suck at a lot of things. And I mean that, like, I think I'm really, really limited in, in, in pastoral life. And I think, again, going back to the West side story, I think that's why my time is done. I think, I think, again, I think there's far more qualified, you know, individuals out there to lead ministries. But I do think that if I can please listener, the millions of listeners listening to this, Correct. don't hear this as arrogant. I think the Lord has wired me to to see ministry from a thirty thousand foot view and to really see and be able to cast vision and to motivate people. Um, but my eyes glaze over with certain things in ministry very quickly. If you show me a lot of charts, a lot of data, a lot of <laughs> budgets, my eyes glaze over. Like my eyes literally glaze. I'm I'm done. That's what yeah. you put me in that for a year, and I'm like, I got to get out of this mess, right? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Um, but I'm glad gifts of administration are given. Praise, Van Acker, man. Yeah. Van Acker, right? Thank, praise yeah. God for Van Acker. And My guy, even now, like when I planted Westside, Chad McDonald oh, yeah. joined... And I've used, I've recruited him. He's now my my pro bono admin guy, along with my wife and stuff. Where I just go, here it is, right? And um, and so again, probably not a great answer. I'm wrestling with it, but I think it has to be more than simply, well, you have the ability to start a new thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Thank you, mm -hmm. you know, Mister Man, for giving me that definition. But there's got to be more than that. Yeah. Um, but also, we have to see our limitations too. Um, and I. As I go on, I'm in greater and greater ways seeing my limitations and where I am really lacking and um, and w how I need to proceed, who I need around me. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, I really resonate with that a lot. Yeah, like uh, and I feel like I don't know if this is your experience either. I feel like uh, I, I don't feel wired the same as a lot of the, the pastors, uh, established church pastors I'm around. I feel sometimes like the odd man out or like, sure. Am I just weird? Am I different? Am I, am I not, I'm not as shepherdy as these guys. Is there something wrong with me? Oh, Jordan, I'm the worst shepherd ever. Shaking yeah, his head. absolutely. He's, no, he's not very shepherdy. No. You know, and it's, and, yeah. and I think it does. I mean, it goes back to the fact that the apostolic gift is one gift among many, and for a body to thrive, we need those those many gifts um, working together and blessing each other and stuff. But it is uh, it is interesting to hear you talk and flesh that out a bit, and and, and recognizing maybe your your time was done in a well, certain season because yeah. you'd done what your gift things could lead it to. And yeah, I think there's an aspect too of I think any quote unquote fruitful apostolic leader I think has to have the ability to see the need of others to come alongside of them yep. if their ministry is going to flourish. I think if you don't see that and don't have the ability to sort of step back, you will you know you will grow a ministry to your your gift set um, but if you have the ability to go, no, here's my sweet spot. Um, and I think, 
I think I've done that well at times. I still need to grow in it. But I, if, you know, the Keller stuff, this is what you need, you know, speaking of Keller earlier, you know, if your ministry is 100, you're going to be doing this, 600, just doing this, eight, you know, speak of 200 to 400, 600, 800, 1200, you're going to be doing this. And if you're still doing at 1200 what you were doing at 100, you're going to, the church isn't going to grow. You're going to kill yourself and it just, the people won't be served. So I think that's got to be a part of it too. Um, we know guys, gifted guys that haven't handed stuff off, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's stayed the same. Yep. I mean, that's what you do well here, right? You got a good team around you. Yep. This good-looking guy over here, you know, managing the the podcast the controls, the controls. <laughs> yeah. Right. Thank you, Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree, and I, I think I think it it took a while to learn, but I I I got I started getting joy from seeing people get to flex ministry gifts and have successes and wins yeah. and, and decide to cheerlead that rather than whatever. That's what makes you a great leader, man. Whatever. That's what well, makes you a great leader. But it is, it, it can be painful because you're also recognizing your limitations in areas and then the wrestle of like, am I the right guy for this thing? Or people that? like other people more than you. They man. like others more yeah. because they are more shepherdy. <laughs> how, come, how, come, yeah. how come they're not more involved, man? Yeah. Like, hey, Matt, why don't you take a sabbatical? Yeah. <laughs> It's a scary thing to do. Yeah. Go ahead, take six months, whatever you want. <laughs> well, that sounds pretty nice, actually. Yeah, the, no, someone yeah. else can manage. Come back COVID. after the come back after oh. the pandemic is yeah, done. Like, sounds, all right, done and done. Great, <laughs> done. Yeah. All right. I'll hey, well, let's uh, let's start to land the plane, and I, because this is about church planting and about yes. replanting. Yeah. Um, if there's anyone listening who's um, been able to hear your story and maybe huh. resonate or maybe yeah. is discerning planting, um, what would your word to them be? How do you start to explore something like church planting? And then the follow-up question mm. to that mm. um, is, like, what are some ways that established churches or, or people who aren't, who are followers of Jesus, love Jesus, love the church, want to see other church plants thrive like how do you support church planting so maybe to the potential planter and to people who might be able to help plants yeah well without without being too simplistic or too trite about it if you're thinking about church planting i mean i've talked to a lot of potential church planters over the years you know i always come back and i'm sure you've done this too matt you know talk about you know some of the components what i call the five c's and these are not you know things that i've created but i've seen them affirmed over time you've got to be a christian right begins there but you got to be a certain kind of christian who has the character of of uh, things laid out in places like the characteristics and then you know the uh, dynamics of of things laid out in places like first timothy three and so forth you you've you've got to be elder material um you know you 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 have to be uh competent meaning you have to have the skill level um um and uh and and most importantly the last two for me is you have to be called like you have to have a sense of of calling mm-hmm. like you have to have a moment in time or or a, a season of time like if i not hey i want to do this not there's a need to do this not because i would like to be able to lead my own thing but because you're called like you're truly called and if you don't do it you're you feel like you're disobeying the lord it's not like you're going down the street should i go to safeway or save on you're going down the street and if i don't go to save on the lord is going i'm going to be disobeying the lord and then the last 
the first, the last two are that are very important. That was uh, brought to you by Savon. Yeah, by that's right. Yeah. yeah. Do you need to do a, a bit here? You need to. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one is you need to be commissioned. And but what I mean mm. by commissioning is you have to have your thoughts affirmed by others. So that's if you're thinking about planting, reach out to, I mean, you're, you better be part of a local church. Talk to your pastor, talk to your elders, talk to those who know you well, talk to those who aren't scared of speaking into your life, uh, get involved, reach out to different ministries that are, you know, church planting, that's their specific uh, ministry area. So nowadays it's, you know, things have, you know, changed a lot in our, in our world with, you know, some of the things going on with multiply, but in some of the changes, but yeah, C to C collective, you know, reach out to them, reach out to ARC, you know, reach out to the Send Network, you know, get them involved. So if you're one, great, read as much, pray as much, you know, there's 5 million podcasts you can listen on it, but most importantly, talk to those people in your church, mm. talk to your pastor, talk to your elder. As far as churches being involved, you should. Not every church can plant a church, I get that, but you can encourage a church planter, you can support, you can invite church planters in to share their story, um, you can pray for them. Um, you can do all sorts of things that are involved in, you know, the church planting life. It will bless the, the socks off you. Um, if, you know, if you're involved in overseas ministries, you should be. We, we are too. To the ends of the earth is what we're called to. But by, you know, for goodness sakes, be involved in what's going on in your own in your own neighborhood, your own city, in your own nation. Mm. Um, and again, just reach out. And don't believe the lie that church planting doesn't work. Don't believe the lie that we have too many churches. Don't believe that lie. It's a lie. Um, uh, yes, church plants fail. I get that. I get that. Church plants fail. But church plants also succeed. Be about that. Give yourself to that. Support and encourage church plants even now. Like if you called up a church plant right now that you had nothing to do with, it's been going for a year or two and said, hey, could we come in, see how you're doing, pray for you? Hey, you know, do you do you need anything? We've got $1,200. Would Could you do something with $1,200? You bless the socks off that, mm. that person. So just give yourself to it. It's it's wonderful. You'll be blessed and encouraged, and um, um, and so yeah, That's great. yeah, man. I've been blessed and encouraged by this conversation. <laughs> Me Nora. too. So so good. And <laughs> Me I, too. I, I really have been ever since hearing about uh, Midtown coming. I've I've been excited. I. I praise God for that. And uh, if there's any, you know, rich chicken farmers out here, you know, that are looking at uh, blessing a ministry in the city. Yeah. Is Midtown one word on that check? Midtown yeah. Midtown. Church. Yeah. Midtown. But uh, uh, in that. all seriousness, um, and I, I mean this with all integrity, be praying for us. Yeah. Um, if you need any, you know, more information, um, you know, just reach out norm at mtownchurch.ca, norm at mtownchurch.ca. I'd love to answer any questions. If you know people in the city that need to be a part of something that we can reach out to. Um, but yeah, I appreciate the opportunity of sharing that. Love, love you, love this ministry, love what's going on out here. Uh, you're a hero of mine. This ministry is an example setter. So that's my pleasure being with yeah, you. I appreciate it. And we will be praying and pray that people come to Jesus yeah. and that it's another beautiful expression of the church. That's Vancouver. right. Thanks for planting. Thanks for the conversation. Yeah. Thanks brother. Appreciate that. 
I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I had having it. If you'd like to find out more about Midtown Church, you can go to mtownchurch.ca. And please join me in praying for Norm and Midtown for the flourishing of another Jesus-proclaiming, disciple-making church in the heart of Vancouver. Next week, I will be joined by Brett McCracken for a conversation on wisdom, why it's a fleeting commodity in our day and what we can do about it. And we also get into movies and music as well. It's just an absolutely, it was a wonderful conversation. Can't wait to share it with you. So talk to you then. Thank you.